everybody. Welcome to a new series on the Prague Report podcast. Uh, what we're going to do here is something we're calling Prague, not Prague. And my good friend and colleague here, Kyle Fagala, say hello. Hello, Roy. How are you? Good, man. Uh, good to have you in this. Him and I were talking, and we've been uh, trying to do some kind of series like this on the Prague Report podcast for a while, where we uh, kind of diversify a little bit and talk about some things that are... Uh, Prague, not Prague, I guess would be the perfect example. So, uh, you know, we've done stuff like this before. Um, there's a lot of bands that come up on the kind of periphery of uh, the genre, things like Jellyfish or ELO or Super Tramp and stuff that somehow get lumped into the Prague world, but they're not really progressive rock. Um, but fans of Prague appreciate stuff like this. And we know there's a lot of you that like these kind of bands and, and other things. So, in the uh, the first episode of this series, what we what we wanted to do is look at some of our favorite uh, not prog songs from last year. Uh, so that's what we're going to do here, and uh, we each picked five that we're going to talk about. Um, maybe play a, a short clip and uh, and go from there. But uh, you know, we should maybe talk a little bit about first to to give a, a background on this, Kyle, and and where this kind of music plays in our lives because i think most people look at what we do and and have read my book or seen my stuff on the website and go he only likes genesis and dream theater right but there's uh, i like a lot more stuff than that and i'm sure that you're the same i mean where where does this kind of music stand for you versus your your prog fandom yeah so i guess i took this approach maybe a little bit differently with this prog not prog idea too is like there is music that's not prog, like assuredly, but it has some elements that I like in prog. I mean, those genres are never just like black and white. And of course there's some bands like old Genesis that's like prog, you know, through and through or yes or something. But like now those lines are pretty blurred, but as a fan of music, I'm a fan of like a lot of type of music. And so, you know, I did not start out of the womb listening to prog rock either. And so there's some bands that, you know, I loved when, when I was a kid and I still love, and then there's music that inspires me in different ways throughout the year. And I think it's almost like I love food. My favorite food is Japanese. But there's some times where I, you know, order Mexican or Italian. And I think music <laughs> right. is, is like that. It's like I can't yeah. just listen to prog rock every day, all day. And some can and more power to them. But I like variety. It's the spice of life. And so it's fun to get to talk about different types of music that especially you, you don't, don't get to talk about as much, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of this great music that I think people would like if they were aware of it right. and i think that applies to all, a lot of the prog stuff that we do too i mean we get people writing us all the time after they hear our best of uh podcast that we do always like i didn't know this album existed i never heard of that band thank you for this so this is really along the same lines and i think there'll be a lot of stuff here that you like but i mean the same thing kind of goes for me i think that uh the prog thing always uh before i knew about yes and genesis and and uh, discover dream theater and, and whatever there were a lot of bands that I didn't know were doing sort of prog-ish things that I just liked. And um, it was always, in many cases, the least successful album by a lot of my favorite bands, <laughs> right? So I point to the Kiss the Elder album as a prime example where I was like, wow, this is cool at the time. I mean, I realize it's not that great an album looking back now, but... At the time, I was like, oh, they're th throwing an orchestra and concept and all this stuff. And I was like, right. this is awesome. And everyone hated that album <laughs> but me at the time, you know? 
that mentality has has uh, carried on through a lot of the stuff that I think we'll talk about here. So I think that's 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 a good place to start. Um, why don't you go with your first pick, and then we'll just trade off back and forth and, and uh, see what we got. Sounds good. All right, so this may, uh, you know, I've got five different picks. Some of them are, like, really well-known, and some of them are, are pretty much lesser-known. Uh, and I really enjoyed, like, looking back on the year of 2021 and, like, what did I listen to? Obviously, we really dove in with the prog stuff, but this has been really fun. So the first one is going to be Filled Music, the song Orion from the Street, um, readers of Prog Magazine might have seen this. They ranked this number five on their list of top albums of the year, and I think maybe this song is one of their top songs. Although I don't think you and I would really call it prog per se, but I didn't. I mean, I yeah. checked it out very late. Um, I wasn't aware of this band. I don't think you were at the time really no. either. But no. uh, yeah, this is a prime example of stuff that gets thumped into progressive rock that in a million years, I would have thought this is just straight up alternative rock to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've gone back now and like listened to this band and I, I really dig it. Um, but I still don't hear exactly Prague, but along the lines of Prague, not Prague, there are some elements. And so I'll chat about those a little bit. It, to me, they're a rock band. I think in terms of genre, when you look on Wikipedia, which you got to go to Wikipedia for this, but Indie rock, art rock, progressive pop is are their three genres. And so we've talked about on different podcasts about art rock and kind of that interface. You know, you got artists like David Bowie and even like, you know, Velvet Underground and these kind of bands that were inspired by modern art, contemporary art movement, kind of work that into pop, you know, classic rock, indie rock styles. So I think this band kind of sits somewhere in there. It's two brothers from England, David and Peter Bruis, and this is their eighth album in 16 years. To me, I think it's also wow. helpful to think about like what, yeah, a lot of output. Uh, what kind of bands do they sound like? And so if you're out there like, never heard of this band, well, bands like Super Furry Animals, Spoon, which Spoon is a band I really like, the Polyphonic Spree out of Dallas, uh, all those members with like, uh, you know, robes on, and even maybe someone like the Flaming Lips, which uh, showed up, I think Mike Portnoy picked them as one of his not prog bands that prog fans would like, if you remember that. Um, but bands like that, they kind of sit in that weird mix of indie rock, but they'll try to do a little bit more with it. Um, this song, though, in particular, Orion from the Street, I like it because of its attention to detail, which is the element, to me, that feels like prog rock about the track. It's got like all these sound effects and sort of subtle uses of white noise, and then almost like on Revolver, what you call Baroque pop, you know, from the Beatles, like this orchestration that sort of drones and loops in a way that that adds character and depth to the track. At the same time, it's an indie rock song, so it's got like a killer bass line. It's got cool drums where it's intentionally minimalistic, like there's a ride cymbal pattern that stands out really big to me. And then great background vocals and, of course, a great song. Um, on that same album, there's a band called No Pressure, that to me sounds a little bit like under pressure. And maybe that's the reason why they call that great bass line. And then another song called do me a favor, uh, that sounds a little bit like Wilco, which is a band that I picked for bands that aren't prog that maybe prog fans would like. Yeah. And so I know there's a lot that I'm saying there with this pick, but, um, if you like indie rock, you like alternative rock, you like something with a little bit more flavor. I think you'll really like this one.
Uh, yeah, great. Um, I know some of the other guys in our in our collective uh, were, were into that album as well. So I know this is one that puts you to sleep. So it didn't work for me. But, yeah. but uh, you know, but it's not bad. I wouldn't, you know, I'm not yeah. nothing. I, I wouldn't say anything like that is is un, not worth checking out. Um, all right, so uh, this is gonna be a funny one for me, but uh, I'm gonna jump in with um, maybe the most unexpected band that I would ever pick for uh, this podcast, but I'm gonna do it against uh, all conventional wisdom and go with Coldplay. <laughs> there you go. Um, and. Uh, they uh, so they released a new album uh, called Music of the Spheres uh, late last year, and um, God, I can't believe they've been around for over twenty years now, which is insane. I was looking at when that big song "Viva La Vida" came out, um, yeah. and that was two thousand and eight, which is just insane to me. Um, and uh, look, I'm a big fan of them. I like a lot of the stuff that they've put out. They've they've made a few records I didn't like. Um, the early stuff I think is really great. Um, and then they sort of went a little way too poppy, and you know their last record wasn't really good. But it's always a band that I like to check out. I think Chris Martin is a tremendous songwriter and has an original yeah. take on sort of the regular pop rock kind of sound. Really They're a great, great concert too. If you've seen amazing concert, concert yeah. for real, like it, yeah. if 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 you hate them and someone just drags you with a free ticket, it is an awesome good time. It really is. Yeah. The light show is tremendous, and he's a great front man. But um, so with this album, uh, they did something they'd never done before, and they, they have a ten minute Prague epic, I guess you could call it, called Coloratura, which is the last song on the record. Um, and straight up, this is a prog rock song in, in every way. Uh, it has multiple parts. It has the long uh, kind of uh, orchestrated opening, different breakdowns, odd time signatures in the middle, um, you know, the, the big grand epic, to, epic part to close it out. Uh, very uh, Pink Floydish for them. There's no mm. shredding. I mean, they're never going to do that kind of stuff, but it doesn't need that. It's... It's something easily anathema could have done, or um, you know, maybe Riverside kind of, or Riverside, something. those kind of bands. I mean, yeah. it's just really great, and it's dramatic, and it has a great chorus and a great hook, and uh, just I love it. I think it's I think it's their best song they've ever done. Now the the rest of the album is okay. It it is straight up pop. I mean, there's a song that they do a duet with BTS on it, which is just <laughs> gut like. Abysmal. It's really <laughs> cringeworthy. Mm. Um, there's a few uh, really nice songs on there. But, you know, I really like this one. If you wanted to just see what is Coldplay like if they try to do a prog song and um, you hate everything else they've done, I did check this out. I think it's actually pretty good. But I would say if if you want to listen to Coldplay and, and really listen to them be adventurous and original in in their own kind of format the viva la vida album is is my favorite and and really interesting yeah and uh has a lot of uh really cool songwriting and stuff on there and of course uh blood uh, rush of blood to the head is is a fantastic album on the best albums of yeah. of its decade um but what i think is really funny too. with uh with this song is that it gets the praise i was looking up some quotes that major magazines read for it. And it's such BS because it gets praise 
in the same way that Dream Theater could write the exact same song and get completely trashed for it. Mm. Um, NM, uh, I wrote it down here. Enemy praised it for echoing the rhapsodic prog rock vibes of Pink Floyd circa Dark Side of the Moon um, and noted how it marks an ambitious step into uncharted territory. I, I mean... That's you know they they get they get away with something that you're a prog rock band doing this would get ridiculed for. Uh, yeah, Rolling for Stone, being yeah, I mean Rolling Stone described it as a space epic and multi sweet voyage into the cosmos. I mean you know Rolling Stone with their ridiculous writing, but anyway, I thought that was pretty funny uh, <laughs> that funny. Uh, that they get a, that break for it. Um, the other interesting thing that they do with this song, they've been on uh, touring already, and so. They come back for the encore, and Chris Martin says, oh, says, okay, we're going to play one song for the encore, and he says the name of the song, and it's one of their big pop hits. I forget which one. And then he says, so you can leave after that. We're going to play that hit for you, and you can leave after that. But if you want, we're going to – after that, we're going to play a 10-minute song from our new album, and you can leave before that if you don't want to sit through it, but that's what we're going to do. So we're just telling you, and that's what he tells them in advance. That's cool. So, and then if you want, you can stay and listen to this, which of course I probably would. Well, you know, but I think that's pretty funny. He knows, that is cool. he knows people are not going to be into it, but he knows he wants to play it. So I kind of think that's cool. cool well I, I don't think the fans per se have liked it as much you know sales are hard to measure but uh sales were way down on this one and they even came out and said that they'd only be doing one more studio album and then after that point they'll just tour uh so i don't know if like maybe they're kind of you know down on the process or whatever but all right so i got another one it's a pretty famous artist i think uh this is miles kennedy the ides of march this is actually one that i found listening for this specific podcast and I feel like I found a real gem here. If you don't know who Miles Kennedy is, he's a singer, guitarist, and songwriter from Spokane. Uh, he's best known, I would say, for his uh, work with uh, Alter Bridge, who was like the band that came after Creed. <laughs> so another band that everyone's like, what is wrong with you people? You're talking about Creed now? Uh, he's also the lead uh, vocalist in Slash's band. And then uh, he also, I think, did the vocals for that uh, terrible movie with uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg. Was it Rockstar, I think? Uh, I think he anyway he's that guy I think I didn't I didn't look that up but uh, in terms of genre I would say Miles kind of fits into the, just the straight ahead like hard rock genre but he also does especially in his solo stuff more like blues and kind of post grunge vocally you hear his voice and I think you think of one vocalist and that's Chris Cornell he sounds a lot like him but he's very versatile he's got a four octave range a lot like Cornell um, and then also if you don't know this, he's a really accomplished guitar player. He was a guitar instructor for many years and he's, he's really good. Of course, when you're playing next to Mark Tremonti and Slash, you play second fiddle, 
um, but he is a good guitarist. And so, so this one actually, it's funny that the opening, it opens with this like acoustic part. It reminds me of a prog song that I love, which is uh, Pain of Salvation's The Passing Light of Day. Um, it like, same like vocal cadence if you go back and listen to them side by side. Um, so this isn't a prog epic. It's like seven minutes and 39 seconds. Although in the traditional hard rock world, like that's an epic, you know? Um, but I like that it, it moves around. Another thing I like about prog is the eclectic nature of the styles and how you can change from one to the next really quickly. So again, it starts acoustic. There then is like a tasty Latin section. Then you've got your like anthemic hard rock chorus, which is what you think of with someone like Miles Kennedy. And then you've got this part at the end that it reminds me actually of uh, the Black Parade by My, My Chemical Romance, which is another band that we like. Sure. It's got this like marching drum supported, like big epic ending. And then of course it comes back to the acoustic. Um, but a really great track. Like I don't like the rest of the album nearly as much, but this specific track, I'm pulling it out because it feels like a prog song from a non-prog band. Um, if you like this track, uh, I'd go to Alter Bridge. Their album Fortress, which is from 2013, is their proggiest album. Cry of Achilles is totally like a prog, like late Led Zeppelin type track. And then the song Fortress is also really proggy. Uh, maybe their best, biggest track is Blackbird. If you've not ever heard that, you should listen to that as well. But anyway, so there's Miles Kennedy for you. I uh, I was a fan of Alter Bridge a little bit more in the beginning, their first two or three albums. I kind of dropped off. Um, I feel like they've become a little bit more repetitious in just what they've done. Um, but the first few albums are great, and their yeah. sound is great, and Mark Tremonti's fantastic. I mean, they're a cool band. That's it's a, a really good, solid rock band. Yeah. They That kind of active rock style... I always find every one of those bands, um, Disturbed or whatever, all those kind of bands that, that are like that, they're always good for like an album, maybe two, mm -hmm. and then it just, okay, I've heard all of this. <laughs> and it just well, sort I, of... I, I think that's why know. we listen to Prague like yeah. more often is, is that those songs feel like, eh, they're good. And if I were 13, I'd be like really into that and think it was awesome, but it's like I want a little bit more from it. And so yeah. when those bands like lean into that progressive side and that more complicated side, like I dig it a lot. It's just, they only do it so often, you know, right. exactly. But I don't sell as well, you know? <laughs> well, yes, exactly. Uh, okay. So I'll, you know, what's a good, uh, segue into my next one. I've talked about this band before and, uh, one of my favorite bands called big wreck. Um, and, uh, you know, not far from what an alter bridge really might be, although I think they're a bit more diverse in styles, and uh, they bring a few different more a few different styles in. I think more than alter bridge does, but um, 
Ian Thornley also a dead ringer for Chris Cornell vocally. Yeah. Uh, the guy that started Big Rack and is basically the main guy, songwriter, singer, lead guitarist. Uh, he's just uh, amazing, a phenomenal player and singer. His range is stupid. Um, but anyway, their last album was in uh, 2019. They've been around for a long time. They go back uh, for opening for Dream Theater for the Falling Into Infinity tour back in 97, I want to say. And um, then they broke up, came back together about 15 years later, and have put out like four tremendous albums over the last maybe 10, 12 years. And uh, so they just came out with an EP of five songs uh, that's called 7.1. And uh, the single off it, which has just been my, one of my favorite songs, and I would put it up there on maybe my, fa my favorite song of the year easily, oh, wow. is called Bombs Away. And it's just a it's just an awesome awesome rocker it's just amazing and uh it has a just a killer riff throughout the song and the drums sound amazing the production's awesome but then at the end they just start kind of shifting the riff and the time signature on it and it builds and it gets faster and it gets faster and i'm telling you the first time you hear it do not drive your car because you just start speeding up as it's going. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're like 80 miles an hour down like a regular street. And it's like, oh, hold on a second. It's so cool. And I just love it. And by the end, you just want to punch a wall. I, 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 that's how I feel after hearing this song. Um, this, is like, this should be your workout song. It like, is. Hit, it's hit a absolute best. workout song. I mean, the rest of the EP is awesome. They mm. they write such Sounds cool great. songs. They, they write cool riffs and they have cool melodies and just – um, I'm just such a fan of this band. I really wish more people would listen to them. I think they're right there on the verge of being a prog band. I mean, really, they yeah. they put enough interesting twists on chords and time signatures and thrown in an extra part in there that just is enough to differentiate themselves from, like we were talking about Alter Bridge or those active rock bands. And, and they're way more Led Zeppelin-y. Everything they do reminds me of Houses of the Holy or physical graffiti. It's just they're they're stripped from that era of Zeppelin, you know. And um, I could I could easily hear him writing a song like "The Ocean" or "Song Remains the Same" or yeah. some of those things, and and it just is right there. And uh, so yeah, I'm I just I love 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 this band, and uh, I highly recommend it. And a uh, weird fun fact is uh, there was an article in Revolver uh, maybe a week ago an interview with James Labrie and they asked him what his favorite album of the year was. And he said this band and this yep. album, this EP. So, um, and he, of course they're Canadian. I should mention that. And they have a big following in Canada. And of course, Labrie is from Canada as well. So maybe he's more aware of them than the average American person, but, um, he probably yeah. knows him from touring with him too, you know? So, um, I, I, yeah, I haven't heard him ever mention that or not, but yeah, totally. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, so Big Rack, uh, the 7.1 EP, I highly, highly recommend it.
I got a question for you. Which bombs away do you prefer? This bombs away or Flying Colors bombs away? Yeah, I I like the other bombs away by Flying Colors definitely because I like oh, everything they okay. do. But but this song is better. This is the one I'd go with. Yeah, this oh, song's man. tremendous. Okay, it's really you're, really you're good. Picking this over uh, Steve Moore's song, that's saying something. <laughs> yeah, that's saying something. I don't know. So anyway, all right. Well, on on to the next one. Great pick. Um, this is a really popular band my next two i'll just warn you uh, maybe not as popular as coldplay but very popular bands but again elements uh of bands that i like this year and let's be frank like i'm listening to a lot of music throughout the year i'm not going to miss you know big bands when they release albums especially bands that i liked when i was younger and so the band is the killers and the song is in the car outside uh they're a las vegas band if you know anything about them uh brandon flowers uh, is the lead vocalist and the creative kind of driving force. Lead guitarist is Dave Koenig. And then they, uh, in 20, uh, that was 2001, those two got together. And then they later added uh, Mark Stormer on bass. And then one of my favorite drummers, uh, Ronnie Benucci Jr., excellent drummer. Uh, they joined the band in uh, 2002. They're all over the place genre-wise, which is, I think, part of why I like them. Certainly, like, initially they're kind of seen as like a new wave sort of band, but also kind of at the same time as a lot of the other the bands, like the Strokes and the Hives and all those kind of bands, like kind of post-punk or whatever you want to call. Alternative rock, indie rock, even like Heartland rock, and then they do also kind of do a lot of pop here and there. Um, lots of synthesizer in their music, which is, I think, another thing I like about them. Um, so in the 80s side of them, they kind of sound like maybe Duran Duran or like New Order. Um, bands I like, I unapologetically love new wave music I, I grew up listening to it my brother lo loved new wave i will make no excuses for that um bands like the strokes franz ferdinand i think they've kind of moved away from that sound and lately they sound a lot like bruce springsteen they've even i was gonna say that's yeah. that's where they've they've diverted uh, yeah. the last few albums they just keep shifting to that a little bit yeah kind of leaning into like at times like sort of flat on the vocals but you know trying to hit for this like really authentic kind of Americana, like lyrically, that's what Brandon Flowers is really seems like focused on. They even re-recorded a song together with Bruce. Um, this album, I think, leans on that influence as much as any, and this album's Pressure Machine. Here's a prog element. It's a concept album, so I always love that. Uh, it's about Flowers' childhood home of, uh, I think it's Nephi, Utah, if I'm saying that wrong, I'm sorry. Um, there's even like recorded dialogue in between each song. I love that kind of stuff. Like I'm a film guy, like I love cinema. And so anytime a band like goes for that thematic, thematic, sorry, attempt, like I'm in, you know, I love yeah. that. Um, and so the lyrics fit that. Uh, and it's like telling this, you know, story about this small town with a train and meth addict, you know, stuff. And I love all that, you know. So the song is very 1980s, which the next band I'll pick has that same kind of feel. There's uh, the War on Drugs had an album this year. I love that band. Real 1980s, real cinematic, like leaning on old synth sounds and like drum sounds that are very gated and that have a specific kind of feel, which to me as a kid that grew up in the 80s and that loves movies of the 80s, it just automatically feels nostalgic and kind of cinematic to me. And I think that's been a common theme. You know, of course, the 80s are coming back and everything. Um, but I love how it works here. And I think the difference in someone like the Killers and like a prog band is it's much simpler instrumentally. And so those are always going to be the key differences is they're not trying to like hit on time signature changes, but it still feels 
you know, epic and it still feels big. And in the context of the album, it works really, really well. So I know that's a lot to say about that one track and you may listen to it and just hear a pop song, but I think I challenge you to listen to the whole album. And I think in the context, it really works super well. cool um so my next one is uh you know most of the the people we picked or at least i picked are actually at one point they've been very very famous right artists maybe not so much now but over their course their career they're you know like hall of fame level musicians and this is one of them which is lindsey buckingham i mean one of the most famous guitarists and musicians ever and uh this past year he released a self-titled album um his first solo record in just about 10 years i believe and he was pretty prolific up until that point he'd released a lot of solo records in that time he started touring again with fleetwood mac a lot he released an album with uh, christy mcvee just the two of them and then of course he got fired from fleetwood mac and uh had a heart attack he just had a really bad 2020 and uh, came back with this solo record, which, from what I've read, was recorded a while ago, at least initially. And mm. I think he was trying to push Fleetwood Mac to make another album for the longest time, and they just didn't want to. And it, it, depending on what story you want to believe, a lot of that was driven by Stevie Nicks not wanting to do a new record, but who knows. Um, and of course, I think he blames her for being fired from the band and she says he's crazy you know all of that but the it's probably uh, all true is the thing it's probably all true yeah you know? they they have a history of you know a lot of problems <laughs> but anyway i think this solo album i'll just go on record as saying i'm a huge fan of his for me he is fleetwood mac um he is the sound of fleetwood mac and and uh the my favorite songs from them are his and i love all his solo work um this album i think is just under what I, what is his best album, which is Out of the Cradle, which is, I think, one of the best albums ever made. Um, wow. And if you're not familiar with Out of the Cradle, it is a absolute masterpiece pop record, better as good as anything anyone's ever done, and I will stand by that. I need um, one of those sound effects boards when you say something like that. Like, I do. I'm going to I'll insert it. But anyway, this self-titled record is his best since then, and it's really, really great. It's just a... Tr- tremendous album all the way through the song i'm going to pick from that to point out is a thing is a song called swan song uh fourth song on the album wasn't a single uh really cool really interesting i mean he he has a way of writing these really weird weird songs that incorporate a thousand background background vocals all over the place you know that fleetwood mac kind of background vocal thing that that he has that's his signature thing that he does really cool guitar playing He's an amazing guitar player, especially when he finger picks on an acoustic. It's tremendous. Um, interesting story about this song, though, 
is that I don't know if you're familiar with this, that there was a, a sort of a, a confusion about songwriting credits with this song. So Yes had the similar problem this past year as well with their song, The Ice Bridge. Mm -hmm. And uh, Lindsay apparently was working with uh, about, about 20 years ago, uh, a band called Blinker the Star, which I have one of their albums, but they were really cool for one record. Do you remember that band? Do you ever hear no. them? No. Really weird alternative band that had like one very minor hit and they were pretty cool. And I don't know what happened with them. But anyway, he was producing an album by, uh, by the, the guy from that band called Jordan's Zadarozny. I'm sorry if I butchered that. And, yeah. um, uh, the band Medicine, they have a, they have a guy called Brad Lane or anyway, the two of them were working with Lindsey Buckingham. He was right. Co-writing with them and they co-wrote some song called mind's eye and nothing happened went away on the shelf, nothing ever happened with it. 20 years later, Lindsey Buckingham pulls a bunch of old ideas and demos that he has, and he's like, oh, I like this one that I wrote, and starts working on it and finishes the song, which becomes Swan Song. And they end up hearing the album, and the chorus was a chorus they co-wrote with him for a different song called Mind's Eye 20 years ago. Jeez. Not the whole song, not even all the lyrics, but it was sort of the melody, it was... It was pretty much the same according to it and so they called Lindsey Buckingham's management and no lawsuit no nothing he was like oh you know what my bad you're right put their names on the credit and there you go yeah. so kind of stand-up guy about it and, and there was a similar problem with yes and the ice bridge yeah, um, where Jeff that. Downs had an old tape from like 40 years ago of an idea that he wrote which was apparently someone else's that he co worked with or something and i don't know something like that so it happens I'm going to come in with another. Uh, this is going to be an artist. If you didn't cringe when you heard Coldplay <laughs> and you didn't cringe when you heard The Killers, you're going to cringe now. Um, and it's John Mayer. And oh, boy. It's yeah. The song Last Train Home. Not a fan of John Mayer? Some. But some. I'll let you go. I'll, I'll, and okay. I'll say my I'm, piece. I would also say I'm a fan of some. Yeah. I think this is probably the one that least resembles Prague on all my picks for sure. Uh, but it was an album I listened to this year, and it's a concert I'm going to go see in March. So uh, if you don't know John Mayer, you've probably been living under a rock. I could see why you've maybe ignored his musical output if you're a big, big prog fan, and that's understandable. Um, it's hard to pin down John Mayer to a genre because I think he has tried to evolve as a player. I mean, going way back, he was a Berkeley kind of like, you know, wonderkind like guitar player. Um, he started out kind of like a folky guitar, like almost like Jason Mraz, like singing kind of, you know, pseudo intellectual, like pop songs on an acoustic. My favorite album you know. is his first one. Yeah. Room for Squares. Yeah. Um, it's a great album. We, we covered yeah, it. There's some great really stuff good. on there. From that point, he, he kind of, uh, well, there's a lot that could be said, but one of the good bands he did land in uh, was John Mayer Trio with Steve Jordan on drums, mm -hmm. who's one of my favorites. He collaborated with like B.B. King, Buddy Guy, Eric Clapton, all the greats. Um, he then kind of did like a Laurel Canyon album with uh, 
Born and Raised, and then he did uh, Paradise Valley, which kind of added more like Neil Young country. Then he came around to like just a pop record, which I did not like, which was The Search for Everything. It's my least favorite of his. Um, he's done Grateful Dead, like playing lead guitar with those guys, which is kind of cool, which that's a band that I don't love Grateful Dead. Some probably do, but they do flirt on that line between obviously jam band with some prog elements, but the guys can't sing. That's another story for another day. Um, and so now with this album, this is called Sob Rock. It's like an 80s kind of soft rock vibe, which, you know, love it or hate it, there's elements of it that I really love. Um, it sounds like, to me, like Toto. Like, the, the keyboard part on this song, it sounds just like Africa. And I love that kind of early 80s vibe. They even, like, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, it, it sounds like 80s Eric Clapton is, to me is what, okay, it, what he sounds enough. like. Okay, a well, the, the nice way of saying that is it sounds like Toto. But <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but even, like, they use some analog recording techniques, and, and I like the fact that they kind of went for this feel or this vibe. And it's another thing I like about the Killers album this year and War on Drugs and some other bands is they're really going for a certain, like, style. Um, and, I again, I love the 80s, so I'm a sucker for that. Um, the drumming, I want to give a shout-out because I love Steve Jordan, but the drummer here is Aaron Sterling. He also played on Born and Raised, Paradise Valley. He's a really accomplished drummer and hilarious on Instagram. Um, but I just like the way that the, the drums sound. I like every element. There's one thing about John Mayer that I like is he's very detail-oriented with the sounds, and I like the way that his soloing feels like it's almost ad-libbed. It feels like he's very in the moment with the way he records, um, and I just dig it. So I would say of him, if, if you listen to a song, you're like, eh, it doesn't do it for me. If you've somehow never listened to Continuum, that's his best album for me. That's 20, uh, 2006. I think it's a modern classic. Um, and then if you like off the wall, like pop, new light on this album, I love, and probably everyone else listening will hate. But anyway, that's John Mayer. You gotta use me till I'm gone. I'm not a fallen angel, I just fell behind. I'm out of luck and I'm out of time. If you don't wanna love me, let me go. I'm running for the last train, I'm running for the last train home. Um, all right, so I'm going to go, I mean, this is probably not a surprise that I would pick Tears for Fears. Um, and the, the song is called No Small Thing. I mean, for an artist that has been, not been around, uh, at least making new music for 17 years, they, they wow. announced a new album uh, that comes out February 25th of this year called The Tipping Point. Um, the first single released uh, late last year was the, the uh, title track, and then they released in December, I believe, uh, No Small Thing. And No Small Thing, I think, is the much better song of the two. Um, the tipping point was sort of, it's okay. Um, I think in the middle of uh, the album, when you listen to the album, I think it'll probably be a song that makes more sense. Um, but I think No Small Thing is actually really interesting and really different. I'm a huge Tears for Fears fan. Um, I think they've always had a prog mentality in most of the stuff they've done. Um, it's been really interesting for me to see things, you know, like Prog Magazine cover them and all the prog sites post about the new album and stuff. I never thought of them as a prog band growing up at all, but 
doesn't surprise me now because like I said, I always liked things like this. I just didn't look at them as prog, but looking back now, it's not a surprise that I loved this band and, and stuff they did in the late eighties and nineties. Um, but, uh, I'm really excited for this record. Um, no small thing is, is interesting. They, they never really did a lot with acoustic guitars. So this one, uh, starts off as sort of an acoustic folk song. Um, and then there's some weird kind of drum stuff and it becomes more modern as, as it goes on, it gets very dark. Um, so I, I think it's cool. It's interesting. And I'm excited for this album. I haven't, uh, haven't heard anything other than the two songs. So, uh, we'll see, but if, uh, you like Tears for Fears and, uh, you know, I would say go go check this out. No small thing um, from the album The Tipping Point. tears for fears i'm glad they're still kicking around all right last um, two last two all right so this one is is a prog band on some level like they'll show up on lists this is mastodon and the and the song is tear <laughs> we finally got to a band our listeners know i was gonna say like someone just, <laughs> just woke up from you know we're not talking about uh, john mayer anymore mastodon so um but in the in the spirit of you know prog not prog they, they kind of fit that about as well as anybody. Um, they're like a heavy metal band, I guess you'd say, from Atlanta. Uh, Troy Sanders, who has been in Metal Allegiance with Mike Portnoy, for what that's worth, he plays bass and is kind of the de facto lead guy. Brent Hines, Bill uh, Kellier. Why did I try to re read these names? What a terrible idea. And then Brand Daler on the drums and also vocals. This is their eighth studio album. It's called Hushed and Grim. Um, Genre-wise, I, th I think it's an important to talk about understanding Mastodon is understanding that their genre kind of floats between heavy metal, progressive metal, like sludge metal, and then also like stoner rock. Um, you know, that, that kind of sums them up, I guess you could say. Uh, I would say if you, if you don't know Mastodon, you've never listened to them, which I, I find probably unlikely, but if you haven't, uh, bands like Opeth, Devin Townsend, maybe Between the Buried and Me, you, you would like what they do. Um, here's the thing about Mastodon is I've always liked Mastodon. Occasionally, I've even really liked Mastodon. They're not one of my favorite bands, but like on Crack the Sky, their 2009 album, I really liked it um, a lot, and it felt very proggy. Um, one thing I've also always really liked is their drumming. Brandaler is really busy. He plays a ton of fills plays very long fills around the kit. Um, and I also like that they switch up their vocals. And so they'll have all four members sing on some level and they'll trade off on lead vocals, which I think are cool. I think the problem is, is that when they lean too much into kind of the sludge metal, like maybe even somewhat into the stoner rock kind of element, it becomes a little bit repetitive and droning to me. And then maybe the vocals don't cut through. But on this specific track, um, Tear Drinker, it's got a great mix of all the things I like. It's kind of got like a thrash metal backbone with a little bit of grunge, a little bit of prog. It's got this sort of like wall of sound, like layered guitar, harmonic guitar thing going on, which is a very Mastodon thing. And then the guitar solo is, is awesome. Um, and just a really like good, solid driving song. There's another one. The final track on the album, Gigantium, is also really proggy and great. So 
Uh, give it a listen, see what you think. They're one that I'm always going to check out, but I, I really dig this track. We go from sob rock to tear drinker. I mm. love it. And tears for fears. It's really. Oh, there we go. It's yeah. almost like we planned this. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, was that your last one? That was my last one. You got to. Okay. You got to bring it on home. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, another one that I think might be a surprise to throw on here, but but who knows? Maybe there's some fans. Uh, um, I'm gonna go with Sting. Yes. And uh, yeah, and his last uh, album, which came out late uh, November of last year, called The Bridge, fifteenth uh, studio album, which is crazy. And uh, look, I I think Sting has been an amazing artist. Some stuff has been, you know, terrible, and some stuff has been amazing. Uh, and his great stuff that really hits is is as good as you can get. I mean. Um, you know, uh, what's it called? Um, Soul Cages is one of my favorite albums ever, and I think that's amazing. Um, and so, uh, Ten Summoners Tales also. He had a period there where he was just churning out right. just classics. Um, you know, then the later album sort of lost it, but that happens to these artists. I mean, I mean, he had on top of that 15 years with the police where he was just churning out hit after hit after hit. Not, was that 15 years? Well, maybe it was I was going to say it was like it was seven. Like, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even 15 years. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, he's written so many songs. It's stupid. Um, and so you give him you got to give him a, a little bit of slack for maybe not writing a masterpiece at this point in his career. But that said, The Bridge, I think, is his best album in about 20 years. And uh, most people that have heard it, it seem to have the same sentiment. Uh, I'm going to go with the song off it called Harmony Road, which uh, is a really interesting, cool song. Something that he would have done on uh, uh, Dream of the Blue Turtles kind of era. Um, it has that cool guitar arpeggio thing, and it's sort of like a waltz tempo. And it has a Branford Marsalis back on sax, which is really cool. Uh, really neat track. And if you want, uh, if you really, really liked a song, I just found a guy on YouTube that loops it for an hour and you can just listen <laughs> to the song for an hour, which I thought was amazing of all the songs. <laughs> Cause I was looking for weird stuff about this song to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> and I found a guy that looped that this song for an hour on YouTube, which is amazing. I love to so. think that that's how someone's making a living. I'm sure he's not, but if if that <laughs> somehow can't. I mean, he's way. getting how you don't make money off of oh, posting true. someone else's song, so I really don't know the purpose. But uh, yeah, there you go, it's there. But anyway, uh, the bridge is a really good record. I mean, Rushing Water, the opening song, is a really cool rock track. Uh, most of the songs are pretty good. It's a bit more mellow, sort of second half of the record. Uh, a few different kind of kind of styles on here. Uh, kind of bossa nova type things and, and acoustic things and um, I really but I really like this one I think this is sort of that that in, pseudo intellectual you know way too many lyrics kind of song that Sting is known for which is Harmony Row but I love that stuff that he does I think he's yeah. one of my favorite lyricists so uh, I like that a lot yeah. 
I'll find us some money and I will take you with me, I promise you. I'll buy you some fancy clothes and we'll do all the things we wanted to. And no one will know that we're any different, we're just out of mode. The king and the queen of harmony rule. Well, I, I did pick Sting for my supergroup, so you know yes. I like you know I like Sting. It's funny though, solo Sting, I don't really love. I mean, I like definitely a lot that he did and. But just when he eases into that sort of, you said bossa nova, like that kind of loungy bossa nova, mellow like stuff, man, I, I want to gag, you know? But you know what's amazing? I will say, uh, I listened to an old uh, police song, it doesn't matter which one, Yeah. but, uh, and then put on the bridge, and I'm telling you, his voice sounds exactly um, the same, yeah. exactly the same. It's crazy. No one will argue that at his age, he may be one of the best vocalists. Like, he's not missed a beat. Yeah, we should all uh, be like Sting when we're whatever, 70 or whatever he is at and this I point. would hope. I would yeah. hope. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So anyway, that was, that was cool. We covered uh, some things. That I think maybe we may have scared some people by that yeah. we might cover some things that are completely out of left field. I don't think a lot of these are that crazy and most are very well known artists, but maybe stuff that you did listen to or just didn't think would be up your alley. Um, mm. And so uh, just a few other things that we enjoyed last year, which I think was, was fun to talk about. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and there's a lot more I'm sure that's out there. Uh, I'm always kind of curious, like of the listeners and, and there's people that take the time to like, write out, you know, especially in like the year end one, like what they listen to. And I always read all those and I'll check out new bands, even based on those comments. I'm curious of those type of listeners, like what else they listen to. Uh, I always find that very interesting. And I just find not like this is a surprise, but there's so much music that I just never know anything about. I'm like, I've never even heard of that band. And then they've got nine albums and they're great. (laughs) Right. Anyway, uh, we'll do this again uh, when there's a few more songs to talk about. And uh, all right, Kyle, good good talking to you, man. Thank you, Roy. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Prog, not prog. (laughs) 